Good morning, welcome to the service. It's lovely to see you all this morning. Uh, whether you're here in person or uh, watching online, it's good to have you joining in our worship. You'll notice there's um, some changes today as some of the COVID restrictions have eased. Um, you're still required to wear a mask in church and give your test and protect details. And we would also wish to maintain the one metre social distancing. Uh, so please, if you are with someone that's not in your household, if you can try and remember to keep one metre apart. The COVID rates are still fairly high uh, and we want to do everything we can to, to keep people safe. Um, the elders, the now that we're open again every Sunday, we've gone back to have um, uh, duty teams to cover the, the duties on a Sunday and they've all uh, been emailed out so please help where you can. Oh and after the service today there's um, tea and coffee so please do stay behind and join us for some fellowship. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning everybody. It's lovely to see um, the church getting a wee bit busier again and it's really nice to see everybody smiling as they came in this morning and I loved it the fact that people were running to get their usual seats. <laughs> Creatures of habit, eh? it's just as well I'm preaching on change, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my iPad won't unlock. Why won't it unlock? Well, that's good. If the iPad won't unlock, then we're doing really well this morning because we're not going to have any service. Technology is what well, there we are. Technology is wonderful when it works. Why don't you turn around to the people round about you? Because it might be people that you've not been sitting around for the last wee while and say good morning to them. See if you can recognise them with their mask on and have a blather. Recognise them. Oh, sorry. If you don't recognise them, say hello to them, um, tell them who you are and introduce yourself. I like how Robbie puts me on halfway through when I'm shouting at you. <laughs> so our call to worship is up on the screen. We're here to worship God, to come and give God our thanks and our praise. And so I would invite you to join in the words that are in kind of goldy yellow, as usual. And, and we'll say our call to worship together. Do you not perceive it? God is doing a new thing. in our work and in our fellowship, in our prayer and in our silence, in our study and in our learning. May we perceive the Spirit of God in the newness all around us. Let's stand together and sing our first hymn, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of Creation.
a lovely arrangement of that hymn. Well done, whoever chose that one. I loved that. That was really good. Let's come together and pray. Father, we do come here to adore you gladly. You draw us into this place, centuries old, to do what people have done before us for thousands of years, to bring you our thanks and our praise. You, King and Creator of the universe, artist of sunsets, composer of birdsong, sculptor of each one of us, the giver of breath, the sustainer of life. And Lord, we wonder, we wonder at the, the, mar the marvelous works that you have done, at the glory of the world around us, and we wonder that the maker of all could be concerned with us. Me, you. We feel so insignificant amidst your creation. And yet, Lord, your word tells us that you have numbered the hairs on our heads and their names are engraved on the palm of your hands. Such is the love and care that you have for each one of us. And Lord, not only have you marked us there in that way for eternity, but you came you took on flesh, you took on the cares of this world. You lived our lives, you bore our griefs, you died our death, all so that we might know life in all of its fullness. A life free from all of the, the guilt and the shame of the things that we do. A life spent in your presence, basking in your love for us. And yet, Lord, so often we keep ourselves in that other place, that place of, of death, that place of guilt, that place of shame. And we fail to see ourselves through your eyes, eyes that behold us lovingly, eyes which tell us and a voice which tells us that we are adored, that we are honored, that we are the apple of your eye, that we, your creation, are loved beyond measure. And so Lord, this morning as we come to spend time with you. Let us cast aside 
the lies that we believe about ourselves. Let us cast aside the cloak of shame that we wear. Let us leave with you the guilt of the things that we do. And let us step into the newness and the fullness of life that is offered to each one of us through Christ. And so Lord, in the silence, we give to you the things of this past week, the thoughts which have damaged ourselves or another, the words which leave us feeling shame that we uttered, the moments when we have not acted in the ways that we wished or a way that we wished we hadn't. And Lord, as we empty ourselves of those things, as we take off the cloaks of shame and everything else that, that separates us from you, may we be filled, may we be cloaked, may we be surrounded by your forgiveness, by your mercy, by your love. And Lord, may those things your forgiveness, your mercy and love, change us as they move from our heads to our hearts. May they change us from the inside out so that we might become the new creation that you have made us to be. So that we keep becoming that new creation because it's not just one moment that changes everything but a lifetime of moving closer to you and becoming more who you created us to be. And as that change, as that transformation takes place within us, Lord, so you enable us to be change makers and transformers as your love and the message of your gospel is made clear in our lives for all to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we started thinking about change and the feelings that change can evoke. And it was afterwards, actually, as I was walking up the road and I was thinking that I realized, and maybe it was just me, but most, if not all, of the feelings that we talked about last week as we spoke about change were negative. And yet change is a positive force too. Think of the inevitable changes that take place even when we're looking forward to something new. Maybe a new baby or a new home. Perhaps a new job. Maybe retirement. All of these things which can be positive and bring anticipation and, and come with joy mean change 
as well. And I'm pretty sure each one of us in here today is anticipating some kind of change. It might be a small change. It might be a big change. I want you to think about it for a moment. What kind of changes do you see coming your way? And how do you feel about them? I'll share one. So three children have now kind of, maybe temporarily, who knows, moved out, and there's one left. And so I know that at some point in the future, he's gonna to leave too. And there's a mixture of feelings there because on the one hand, I'm like, oh, how am I gonna cope once he's left and, and I've got no one in the house to be mum to because for the past 22 years, that's all I've known. So that'll be a big change. But on the other hand, I'm a bit kind of like, <laughs> don't tell him I said that. <laughs> but it's natural, isn't it? So what changes do you foresee coming your way and how do you feel about it? Turn around and have a chat to somebody round about you and share what you're thinking. What are you anticipating? So, what do we think? Last week we talked about the changes that have taken place in our lives. This week we're thinking about what's to come, in a sense. So, anybody want to share? Oh, there's a rope there. I've got a very positive thing, I hope, to look forward to. A new great-grandchild due this month. Lovely. I've just realised I've not got my mask. Better put it on. Otherwise... Seeing as how we're being videoed, you know, I better behave myself. <laughs> okay. So, a new grandchild to look forward to. Oh, now we're going to steam up. Anyone, were you going to say one as well, Davina? I was just saying, <clears throat> I don't envisage this old age. It seems to be coming on quicker than everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
looking in the mirror and see another two dozen lines, you know, on your face, but uh, it's just growing, you know. What I'm saying, it's just getting old, isn't it? It is, and I suppose that's kind of, you know, that I heard, I heard that quote on the radio, it was bizarre, was it yesterday, I think? And I thought, you know, that's perfect, that fits right in with tomorrow's theme. <laughs> to live is to change, and to be perfect is to change often. And so it's that sense that we can't help but change. Life is all about change, isn't it? Anybody else? Davina, I'll come round this way. Oh, Davina and Davina. We had a big change this morning. Our grandson's away to join the army. <gasps> Is that Thomas away? Wow, where's he going to? Catterick. Catterick for initial training. Yes. And so is that for six weeks to begin with? Or? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's a big change, isn't yes. it? And how's he feeling about it? Oh, he's excited. And how's everyone else feeling oh. about it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so which regiment is it? Did they get a regiment to start off with no. or did they wait until they've finished? Wait until they've finished. Good. Well, all the best to him and I hope everything goes well and he stays safe. That's a big... Oh, Phyllis. Um, the big change for me was my daughter moved up to Stornoway. Your daughter year. moved to Stornoway uh -huh. this year? So that's quite a way. Sorry? That's quite a way away. Very far away. And my son is an Elgin, so I, don't see, I won't see them very often. Uh -huh. So that's a big change. A big change. Yes. And it brings lots of different feelings with it, doesn't yes. it? You're yes. pleased for them that, yes. that life has taken them in a new direction, but actually it's quite painful as well for yes. you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else? Come on, you were all chatting away. Ruth, right? So I, I don't know about you, I cannot see when I've got a mask on. I've got it on upside down as well. I'm doing well this morning. Left the house without the sermon, had to go back for it. Then it wouldn't start. Now I've got my mask on upside down. Oh dear. I think the big change uh, for us in less than five years, my husband and I have taken a decision, we'll be retiring. Um, so we're now focused on the date we know when we're going in terms of retiring. Another change will be whether our daughter's still with us in five years or she's moved to university as well. So the next three to five years, big changes, but I'm looking forward to them. Good. <laughs> no, certainly not maybe Robin going to university, but I'm looking forward to retiring <laughs> before anybody thinks that. Yeah, no, I mean, that, yeah, that is a big change, isn't it? Just marking that point of moving towards... A, a huge life change. Yeah. Anybody else? Pat, I'll come round to you. Get my exercise. Otherwise we'll be here till tea time. I've just ordered my Christmas food from Marks and Spencer's. <gasps> oh! so I'm looking forward to Christmas. <laughs> So yeah, a change. Change in season brings different um, activities and different feelings. So there's anticipation there. Excellent. Anybody else? Yeah, so there's lots of different changes um, in life and lots of different feelings around them. Change is all around us. And I think what's been lovely actually as we've just talked there is that you've all represented some of the different seasons that we go through in life. We've talked about the anticipation and the joy of a new baby, the pain and um, the excitement of a child leaving home and going off to follow their dream, someone looking forward to retirement and 
people moving on in their lives, along with just the normal everyday changes of looking forward to a new season like Christmas bring us. It is a fundamental part of life. Think about this place and this congregation. In its 900 years of history, it hasn't stayed static. It's had different buildings, beginning its story along at Keneal in the 11th, 12th century, then moving down to the shore to Boriston Ness in the 17th century and ending up here in the 19th century. And over those years, it's also gone by different names, Keneal, Boriston, and then eventually moving when it came here to being um, Bowness Parish or Boriston Ness Parish. Um, and then in 1929, so that's fairly, well, I was gonna say it's fairly recently, it's not really, it's nearly 100 years ago, isn't it? But it is still fairly recently in a 900 year history, changing its name to Bowness Old Parish Church because in 1929, the different church Church, some of the different Presbyterian churches in Scotland came back together, united free, some of the free church and the Church of Scotland all joined. And so St Andrew's, which was, I think, the free church, became St Andrew's Parish. And the parish of Boriston Ness, or Bones split. And this became the old parish church. And it became the parish church of St Andrew's. And in all those years as well, people have come and gone. Many of you tell me stories of how you sit in the pew maybe that your granny sat in. Ministers come and go. I'm just one of the many ministers who have been minister in this parish over the years of its history. Everything changes, even our bodies. Did you know that every seven years, each and every cell in your body is completely renewed? So seven years from today, you'll be a completely different, renewed self from what you are today. There you go. You might be older, you might have a few more wrinkles, but, you know, you'll be, you'll be new. <laughs> Which makes me think, actually, would that not just be the case tomorrow? Because tomorrow it'll be seven years since the last lot of cells changed, but I don't know how it works. Ken might. No, he says No. So each one of the cells in our body are completely renewed over time. Change is part of life. To live is to grow, and to grow is to change. Without change, the seeds planted in the ground around now can't grow into plants. A tiny fetus growing inside its mum won't grow into the baby that grows into the child that grows into the adult. Change is all around us and it's part of life. Let's hear our reading from God's word from Isaiah this morning, read for us by Davina. The reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 43. This tells us of God's mercy and Israel's unfaithfulness. This is what the Lord says, You Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One. 
Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. He who has made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Thank you, Davina. That reading talks about God doing a new thing in the midst of tragedy. The exiles are, sorry, the exiles, the Israelites are in exile in Babylon. Jerusalem has been desecrated. People are in mourning for their home, their temple, which has been destroyed, and their way of life, which has gone. All of which was familiar to them, all of which brought security and hope to them. All of that gone. Everything that they knew and loved. Change, whether it's positive or negative, is always disruptive. It always stirs up stress. Whether it's invited, that is wanted and hoped for, like the birth of a new baby, for example, or a new home or a new job or even retirement. We can look forward to these changes, we're excited about them, but the changes still bring a level of stress as we adjust to the new ways that they demand. Think of the demands of a new parent, the sleepless nights and the constant demands of being there for another one. Or maybe it's that change, I remember it was a huge change, change enough going to being a new parent, but I had Reese first and then just about 18 months later I had Donald and that was a huge change of going from being parent to one to parent of two. Because how, you know, how do you get used to dealing with a new baby when you've got a very young toddler? Or the different working environment and new colleagues and the change in a commute that comes with a new job. The mixed blessings of the excitement of a new home while missing the comfort of the old one. These are the things that we get pleased about. But the change is still something that we have to deal with and we have to get used to and the feelings that it brings up. Some changes, though, are uninvited. Rather, they're inflicted upon us and they turn our familiar world upside down. A partner suddenly walking out of a relationship, someone we love dying, or ourselves or another suffering a life-changing illness or accident. Or it might just be as simple as someone moving something from where it normally is without us knowing about it. These things, certainly the former things there, are usually more stressful 
and it can often be difficult to see the positives in them. Sometimes we know change is needed, but we resist it. Preferring familiarity and the way that things have I been. After all, we are creatures of comfort. Think about how all of us have reacted over the last 18 months to COVID. We know that the changes that we've had to make, even just as a church family, have been needed to keep people safe, moving online to begin with, and then once we were able to come back into the building, having social distancing and masks and different seats. All of that has been difficult. It stirred up lots of feelings within us. We know that the change was required, but we haven't liked it. Sometimes though, the changes that are required are difficult because of how we feel about ourselves, what we believe about ourselves, lacking faith in our own ability to cope with what will be a changed future. And sometimes the difficulty of accepting the change or the change is difficult because we find it difficult to trust God in the midst of it. And yet all throughout scripture, God reminds us that God is with us that there can be no need to be afraid and that God can be relied on and trusted. And so that's always the case, even when God is doing a new thing. And so in that passage today, the prophet Isaiah uses a really good tool because that passage that Davina read for us is preceded in scripture by one of my favorite passages in our Bibles. If you'd had your Bibles in front of you, I would have encouraged to open them, but we don't. And the first half of Isaiah 43 is those well-known verses where God says to Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you walk through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, since you're precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. Those words are spoken to this people in captivity through the prophet Isaiah, who have lost lost their past and don't know what the future holds. They've lost some of their identity and they don't know what's to come. And so they are reassured that they've not been forgotten. They're reminded of their God, of who their God is, the God who redeemed them from from Egypt. And even in the reading today, that's exactly the memory that is, is brought up in it, is that sense that, you know, God took this people, brought this people through the waters, brought them out of Egypt, separated the sea for them and gave them a path to go through, pointing them to a future in the passage today that in the midst of their pain and their loss and the devastation of where they find themselves in the present and the unknown quantity of the future, that there is hope because God is working something new. Change, no matter how painful, is necessary and good. Because no matter what the change brings, 
we grow through it. It's difficult to see sometimes in the midst of it, but we do. One of the most painful things I went through in life was my separation and divorce. But actually, one of the most growing times of my life and fruitful times in my life of growth in faith and in me as a person were those same six years. Growth or change, no matter how painful, always brings growth. And although I'm not saying all change is good, there are good things which can come out of it. What kind of season are you in the midst of just now? Is it fairly settled? Or are you anticipating or in the midst of change? What new thing might God be birthing in the midst of it? What new thing might God be beginning in you? Or perhaps you sense God to be prompting you to accept something new. Or maybe you're going through a change because God is bringing something to maturity within you. Whatever it is, can you, like the Israelites in our reading, trust God? Why not spend some time with God just now? Thinking back over just who, ha who God has revealed God's self to be in you over your years and allow God to gently nudge you or lead you onwards into the future, whatever changes it might hold. Let's pray. Father, change is painful. Growth is painful. Encourage us, though, to keep trusting, to keep following. It's easy when the things that are changing are things that we look forward to and are glad about. But it's so hard, Lord, when the changes that life brings bring hurt and pain and chaos. And so whichever changes we face, may we find the courage and the strength to put our hand in yours and to rest in you and to allow you to carry some of the burden of it, trusting that you are leading us and living your hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing as the deer pants for the water.
while we dedicate our offering. Father, we give these to you, most gracious God. Our earnings offered after work done. Representing all that we offer, Lord. Our time and our talents, our very selves. 
that we might be used and that they might be used in the work of your kingdom here on earth. Lord, let this money be an answer to prayer. Let our talents be an answer to prayer. Let us use our time as an answer to prayer that we might live our lives in service to you in doing your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite Eric with our prayers for our world. Now let's join together in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we live in a world where there is so much suffering. And this morning, we pray for those who suffer through the loss of homes, the loss of businesses, the loss of income from the destruction of banana plantations and the loss of tourism as a result of the volcano eruption on the island of La Palma. Comfort and help the residents there at this difficult time. And when the lava does eventually subside, help them recover their lives. There are those in the world who suffer as they live in poverty, with little or no food, no roof over their heads, and little to wear. Encourage world leaders to share what they can with those in need. There are also many in our own country, and our own town, who struggle with shopping and heating bills. We give thanks for our food pantry and storehouse and all who contribute to them, providing for those in need. With the help of those willing to share what they have, touch their lives to bring hope for their future. Guide our governments in the decisions they make to improve lives and take people out of poverty. As we hear on the news, there are those who suffer due to the loss of a family member or friend as a result of unnecessary crime-related incidents. None of us can begin to imagine how they feel and deal not only with their loss, but with their anger. We pray for them and ask that you let them feel your healing and comforting presence at this difficult time. Heal too the sick minds of any who contemplate this and any other type of crime. We pray for peace in our world and for those whose lives have been torn apart by war and unrest. It's not only war, but also a word of wars, a war of words that takes place between nations. Where there are troubles, reach out to world leaders and politicians and encourage them to listen to solutions and offers of help to bring these troubles to an end. We pray for those who grieve through the loss of family and friends in recent weeks, and especially for family and friends of our own church family and community, whose funerals will take place in church in the coming week. 
We pray too for those who have lost a family member further afield. And we ask that you keep them safe as they travel to be with other members of family. Draw near to them all and comfort them at this sad time. As discussions continue with the steering group on the union of the three churches in the town, we ask that when recommendations are brought to us, you guide and point us in the direction that you have already planned for us. But not only to ourselves, but also to the congregations of Carradon and St Andrews. We thank you for the guidance and direction you gave to our own Kirk session when we met on Wednesday evening, and pray that you will give that same guidance and direction to the other Kirk sessions. There's always change taking place in our lives, and we pray that we will accept any change that the proposed union may also bring. We ask you to hear these our prayers in Jesus' name, who taught us how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Eric. That brings our worship to a close. We've just got our last hymn. So just a reminder that there's tea and coffee and some juice after the service. And, um, and I hope you can stay for some fellowship. Let's stand and sing, Great, Guide me, O the great Jehovah.
go from this place knowing God's guidance, knowing that Christ goes before you and knowing that the Spirit fills you. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you and with those whom you love this day and forevermore, whatever changes come. Amen. Yeah.